to take a look here at the bigger picture. Jill Malandrino, global markets reporter of the NASDAQ, is with us. Jill, we've seen several economic reports, ISM, JOLTS, ADP. We're getting another jobs report on Friday. What is your outlook here based on what we're seeing? How are folks interpreting the economic news that we've gotten in thus far? Well, perhaps given the huge spike in Omicron that we saw, it shouldn't be such a surprise, but a lot of the data this past week has been weak. Our chief economist, Phil McIntosh at NASDAQ, broke down what some of this data suggests. First, we saw US GDP for 2021 gaining 5.5% for the year, which looks great, but the details showed that Q4 gains were due to a huge buildup of inventories. That indicated consumption could be slowing, less buying leaves inventory on the shelves, which is not the best news for Q1 GDP since retailers will let their current inventories run down. And because of that, many economists now expect Q1 of uh, 2022 GDP growth to be around zero. Yeah, zero, but just for the quarter. Now, when we look at manufacturing data for the indexes, there were 50 equals average. So the readings are so strong, they come in above 50, but they're much less strong than back in the middle of 2021. Supply chains and prices um, paid are starting to come back to normal. And that in turn should be a good thing for lower inflation. Right, ultimately that's what we're watching because it's jobs and inflation that the Fed's honing in on. Um, are you hearing folks talking about rate hikes, what the Fed will or won't do in the next three, 12 months? So really what the question is, is the economy writing itself? That's what Phil's asking. And, and this whole means maybe the Fed doesn't have to stop inflation all on its own. And on Monday, a number of Fed officials seem to agree with their new comments, essentially telling everyone to chill out a bit. As the economy slows on its own, the Fed will need to hike rates less. I really think the missing link right now is how much of the weakness was caused by Omicron and how much was caused by people running out of stimulus savings. We know the latter is not going to increase or get any better in 2022 with stimulus payments um, having ran out. But I, I think what the Fed really needs to focus on is that inflation rate, because that's really what's going to dictate Fed policy going forward. Now, um, you know, I, I saw, I, I believe it was Bank of America last week had anticipated seven rate hikes coming for 2022. Yes. I think that's a bit aggressive. A number of strategists that I've had on, on, on our show, um, looking anywhere from two to three as a certainty, four potentially, but I think any more than that, especially if the inflation starts to normalize, we get the supply chain under order, more people are getting back to work. That in and of itself, regardless of Fed activity, should help with the inflation issue that we're facing right now. Yeah, seven, seven hikes does seem aggressive. It would basically be a hike at every single meeting um, beginning in March. And I, I don't really hear a lot of people agreeing with Bank of America's call that that's a, that's a possibility. I agree with you on that. That being said, as we search for leadership, because the major averages go over this unchanged line, you know, we were looking at the small caps. We were saying that small caps were off uh, those lows that we'd seen in up three days. The NASDAQ was up over 7% in just a few days, three days. The S&P is 5.2% off its record close from January but we can't seem to gain some traction, but things seem to be feeling a little bit better than that hard January for investors. Yeah, Nicole, I would agree with you. That kind of was a perfect storm of valuation reset 
the market digesting a more hawkish Fed. And of course, we have geopolitical and domestic issues that kind of fall into the equation as well. And as you and I have discussed, the market's always going to have something to worry about. But I really think this was part of that valuation reset and sector rotation. I've had a number of value managers um, on and, and that we've spoken to, and they seem to um, really be focused in on the smaller regional banks, not only from a valuation perspective, but expecting some M&A consolidation in the space, which I thought was interesting. Um, of course, we're also looking at energy stocks and really older retail becoming the new flavor of the day. So it's interesting to see how that rotation is going back into more um, investing in 101 type of names, where we're looking at valuation, we're looking at where there could be some M&A in the space, we're looking at sectors that were beaten down. And there was that push for all the fintech names, all the EV names, all the newer economy names, the new energy names. But the fact of the matter is, until these transitions uh, take place, there still is a need for older economy stocks like our traditional energy companies, our traditional banks, even with all the fintech names coming in. Fintech provides the technology and the speed. The older legacy institutions provide the scalability. So I think it's going to be more of a marriage of the two versus an us versus them when we think about financial services and fintech moving forward. And I think that's what some value managers have been positioning for. Right. And that makes sense, right? Go back to what you know. They went back to some of the sectors that are a little more defensive. Not surprised to see that, though the earnings that have been coming in, some of which have really provided some good news, like Google, um, helping to at least lift tech stocks up off the lows that we've seen, recent lows at that. Final thought? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When I think of large cap growth tech companies, Google's, your Apple's, your Amazon's, ones that are kind of almost old school stocks, you know, compared to all of the newer technology stocks that have um, come to market in, in recent years. Um, but but Google's basically doing what Alphabet is doing what Google does, right? It's performing well in the areas where it has traditionally led the way. So I think that was really encouraging. Again, with YouTube doing so well, Nicole, you and I know this very well, content is king and everybody's looking to level up their game and content. So it was no surprise to see strength there. Yeah. Jill, it's great to see you and uh, chat with you. There it is at 29.75, gaining 8%. I saw targets of 3,800 and higher today. So a lot of optimism surrounding that name, Alphabet Google. I still call it Google sometimes. Jill, wonderful to see you. Thank you very, very much. Jill Malandrino of the NASDAQ, global markets reporter there.